Praise God. The power of the blessing. That was a great message. If you missed that message, if Pastor went on Sunday morning, you need to listen to it. That was a great message. He didn't know how to work a microphone, but bless God, he preached good. I don't know. What do you do with a left-handed person? I mean, you know, this, what do you do, you know? (laughs) Oh, praise God. I don't know what to say. He, uh, uh, you know, he always brings his guitar and plays with his guitar. And, but he, when he called me coming over, he said, hey, uh, you know, I'm, it's just a short trip and all. And I really, I really kind of hate bringing my guitar because I've got to check it in. And it's big and it's heavy. And, and he said, my shoulder's been hurt. And I said, man, listen to the old man. I mean, you can't. I mean, you, this is God's gift in your life, and you can't carry your guitar anymore. I mean, what in the world am I going to do with you? And so he said, can you get me, can you see if you can find a guitar? And, you know, somebody has one. And then I began to call people. I was like, I don't know anybody. I don't know any left-handed guitar players. I mean, you know, I got a million right-handed guitars. How many left-handed guitar players you know? So I found a guy. I said, yeah, I, have a, I play left-handed, but I just play a right-handed guitar upside down. And I said, well, did you restring it? And he says, no, 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 I just play it with, I said, how do you even do that? That is, that is like, that is like so backwards, you just can't even imagine. So, so I, I, I took it upon myself to try to find him a left-handed guitar and uh, to buy one. And, uh, man, you can't find left-handed guitars. And so he's here and I'm talking to him and he, and so I told him, I said, look, I, I really would like to bless you. The church wants to bless you. I want to bless you. And we want to buy you a, an old man mini left-handed guitar that you can travel with and you don't hurt your shoulder while you're carrying it. And so he said, well, there's a guitar shop in Houston called Lefties. And they only sell left-handed guitars. So when he went down Tuesday, he went by the guitar shop and had this beautiful little Taylor mini. And so uh, we bought it for him. So y'all got to bless him with that too. So we got him a guitar. Told him no excuses now anymore. Don't hear any whining or crying. He can put it on the overhead in the compartment. And so, you know, so he was really blessed with it. And so anyway, so it was a real blessing. But I, I didn't even know that. Left-handed guitar shop. Talk about a niche. Of course, they ought to have all the business in Houston if there's only one, you know. So anywho, so praise God. He's blessed. He's preaching down there. And then headed up to Ohio, and I told him he really blessed us. And uh, it was a great message on the blessing. And so I want to play off of that tonight a little bit. And I want you to go to the book of Colossians. Or get your Bibles out and go to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Because I'd been talking to you guys about your purpose in life. <clears throat> and about finding your purpose in life and getting your your, your, your destiny and your calling down in your heart and of what God's got for you. Because God's got greater things for you than you know. Amen? He's got greater things than you know. You may think, well, well this is just it. This is what I'm doing. This is it. God, I'm thanking you for it. But God's got greater things for you than you can imagine or know. And I'm, I ran across this quote 
from Mark Twain. And I, I saw it, and I was like, what? And I, I, I read it again and reread it again. I was like, man, how did he say this? And this is what the quote is from Mark Twain. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. The two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. So I, I just changed a little bit, and I, I'm saying the two most important days of your life are the day that you were born and the, the day you understand why. Okay, we've got to have an understanding of why. So many people are just walking around the world, and they're just lost. They're, they, they don't know, come here from Sikkim on anything, you know? They don't know what they're going or coming. They don't know nothing. They don't know what they're doing. They're just like a cow going through a new gate, standing there looking at it. They don't know where to go, what to do. i never forget one time when, we were, when I was young and we were still running the ranch, we, we were driving some cattle from one side of the ranch to the other, and so we got the bright idea that we would just drive them down the highway. It didn't have too far to go, five, six miles. And so we thought we'd just run them down the highway. And I cannot believe, I want to tell you something, a cow will not cross a double yellow line. They do not. They'll run up to it. They'll look at it. And you would think that there was a giant fence in the middle of the road. But to get a stupid cow to cross a double yellow line, they just would not do it. We'd have to just whoop and holler and get them over there to get, get them across the road because they would just stare at that line. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing in life. The devil just lines up a line down the road. And everybody just keeps looking at it. Everybody just keeps thinking that they can't turn left or right. They can't make any other, other uh, you know, turns or stops or anything else in life. And they just keep following that path that everybody in the world goes down, which is basically seeking whatever makes us feel good. But today, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you've seen any articles, you know, that they're having all kinds of like problems in fast food restaurants because people are getting mad and shooting the people because they're not getting their food fast enough. Well, I mean, it just goes, you get desensitized. I mean, you, you, at first you, you used to go in and sit down. I had to order a hamburger and they had to go to the back and make it and all. And then fast food came along and everybody got it faster and that was great. But now we got to have fast, fast food. So literally what people want is a drive up. And then before they utter what they want out of their mouth, it comes sliding out of the drive. Oh, it's just what I was wanting. Thank you. And then they might be happy. But only for a little while. Because then they would think, up a new way, because that's the way human beings are, all right? So we have to stop, and we have to look at things, and we have to understand why are we here and what are we doing. So I was reading the book of Colossians, and uh, I, I just saw some things leap out to me. So here, I want to get into it. So um, I don't want to read all of this, so I'm just going to let you just go through and read the whole thing. But I want to start in verse 3. It says, for we give thanks to God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ and your love for the, all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. The first thing you got to understand is we're not living this life for this life. We're living this life for heaven. We're living this life for the next life. If you're living your life for this life, you're never going to find your purpose in life. You're never going to find truly what's going on because you're short-sighted. You're trying to get to the place you want to be by the time you're, whatever, 65, so you can retire. How many people today 
Listen, how many people today are working a job and they've got it all planned out? This is the career I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in this career and I keep doing this and my 401k over here and this is going to do this and I want to do this and make this investment, do this and and I'm going to reach this age. When I get to this age, I'm going to get to this age. I'm going to retire and then I'm going to start living the good life. And then they get to that age and they get cancer or the stock market tanks, or they lose all their 401k, or something comes up that was unexpected, and then all of a sudden their life is a wreck because they've planned this whole time to get to this place, and then they got to the place, and they find out it don't look as good as I thought it was going to be. And the reason why is, is because they're living life short-sighted. They're living life to just reach this point, and then they think they're going to start living life, but there's not, that, that doesn't work. Because the whole point has to be we have to live our life with a purpose knowing that we're living for the other side, right? Everything we're doing counts. Everything we're doing right now counts for eternity. It's not about retirement. Hello? Okay, that's the first point you got to get in your heart, is that we're living for heaven, all right? Because you're never going to really find the direction of your life if you don't know what you're living for. You got to get your sights higher and say, no, 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 I'm living for eternity. I'm living for heaven. Okay, now skip over here and let me start reading in verse, let me start in verse 9. It says, for this reason, we also, since the day that we heard it, we did not cease to pray for you to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God and strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, all patience and long suffering and joy. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints of the light. Now, the second thing you got to understand, if you're going to really start walking in your purpose in life, is you got to understand that God's already qualified you to do it. I think people miss this so much. I've seen before people say, oh, you know, I really want to be in the ministry. I want to be a pastor. Listen, you're either called to be a pastor or you're not. The anointing is either there or you're not. It's like being a musician. You either are or you aren't. Hello? There's no way around it. You either are or you aren't. You're going to be an opera singer. You either are or you aren't. Okay? But God has already qualified us. He says he's qualified us, and that word qualify. Okay, it means to make sufficient, to make sufficient, render fit, to equip one with adequate power to perform his duties. That's what that word qualify means. God says he's already equipped you. Well, why not? You ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. He came into you. The son of the living God came on the inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world, right? This Spirit of God's living on the inside of you, and if that's not enough to qualify you, well, then folks, listen to me, I don't know what you're looking for. If the Son of God living on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit working through you, is not enough to qualify you to do what God called you to do, well, then you might as well just give it up. If you're looking for more than Jesus, okay, so the second point is that you're qualified. Everybody say I'm qualified. Okay, the first thing is you're living for heaven. Second thing is, is you got to understand you're qualified for it. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you instantaneously become qualified. 
You're not going to get everything lined up perfectly in life then, and then you're qualified. You either are qualified at that moment, or you're not saved. Hello? It's cut and dry. There's no, there's no gray area there. You either are or you aren't, because you either are saved or you're not saved, right? Okay, so he's qualified. You look at the next verse. And he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. All right? One of my favorite scriptures, one we've been hammering this year. Okay, so look at this. He qualified you. So how did you get qualified? <laughs> you got delivered from anything that could drag you down, anything that could stop you. I've preached this and preached this and preached this this year, but you have been delivered from the power of darkness. You have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of, of his dear son in the kingdom of God. And, you, and like I said, you either are or you aren't. If you're in the kingdom of God, the devil has no power over you. End of story. Now, I'll get into two things here at the very end of this message that'll tell you why and there's any, any reason that you may not be fulfilling your purpose. Okay, I'll just give you two simple reasons. But right now what I'm saying is, is look, if you set your sights, you're going to live for heaven, and God has delivered you. He has qualified you to be who you are. You're equipped. You've got it, okay? Why? Look at verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. The whole issue of sin's been dealt with through the blood of Jesus. Hear what I'm saying, boy, church. The whole issue of sin has been dealt with. And so if the whole issue of sin has been dealt with, you've been forgiven. Therefore, you've been delivered. Therefore, you've been qualified. There's nothing that can stop you from fulfilling your purpose. Well, I made a mistake. There's forgiveness. God can't get me back on path. Why? He's not big enough. You're telling me God can't unscramble the eggs? Whoa, wow, man, you just, you just, you just got to think about this, how big it is. God sat down. He made the world, sat down six days later, drank a glass of sweet tea underneath a tree, just looked at what he'd done. You think if God can't pull that off, he can't pull off whatever you need to pull off in your life? If you would just get your purpose, just get your vision straight, just get your thinking straight. That he can't turn it around? I mean, come on, don't take it from him and say, you can't do it, God. It's impossible. Okay, look at verse, let's go on down. Let me read verse 15. For he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power. All things were created through him and for him. Let me tell you something. You were created for a purpose. Listen. He says, all things. Everybody say all things. all things. Does not all things mean all things? Don't you fall in the category of all things? Always like it where it says in, in 1 John 5, 4, it says, and whatsoever. Not whosoever. It says whatsoever. Oh, actually, that's a big term, whatsoever. So you're created by God for a purpose. Just think about that, folks. Listen to me. Well, you know, mom and dad, they just had me. You know, nobody loves me. You know, uh, you're just a mistake. You're just... That can't be. It's an impossible thing. According to that verse, it is impossible. 
according to that verse. Either that verse is true or the whole Bible's wrong. Every one of you sitting in here tonight was created for a purpose. Some people's purpose would be like Billy Graham. What a great purpose he had, but that was just his purpose. He's not better than anybody else. That was just his purpose. There are other people that will, we don't even know who they are. We don't know what their names are. We don't know what they did that did something that maybe had an effect on somebody else's life that had an effect on somebody else's life that then that person really did something. We know that person's name, but we didn't know them four back who actually had the effect because they were living in their purpose. Are you with me? You were created for a purpose. Everybody say, I'm created for a purpose. Now, let's just talk about this for a second. So you're sitting here today, and you have amassed in your kingdom whatever you have amassed, okay? Whatever it be. Timothy and Andrea sitting there. Your kingdom just got bigger because now there was one each, and now there's one together. Your kingdom got bigger, all right? So, hey, I'll just pick on y'all for a minute. Because this would be a good, this would be good. So when y'all got married, so did, did Andrea, did you have some stuff you brought to the house? And Timothy, did you have some stuff you brought to y'all's house? And now both y'all have some stuff, right? Too much stuff. <laughs> you each brought stuff, right? And the things you couldn't fit in, then you tried to shove it over in mom and dad's house, I bet. Yeah. Storage. Many storage units. That's why we have them. Okay, so what you, what you have, your stuff, that's your responsibility. You have a purpose for it. You have a purpose being husband and wife. You have a purpose being a parent. You have a purpose being a, a, a grandparent. You have purpose in everything that you do. Are you with me? You say, what's my purpose? Well, you can already just stop and just look around your kingdom and look and see what you've got, and there's purpose there. Right? It's like... Luke 16, if you can't take care of your own stuff, then God's never going to put you and trust it over anybody else's stuff. So right now, everything you've got around you, you have a purpose, and you have that, and you're supposed to steward it. That's a part of your stewardship. Loving your wife, loving your husband, loving your children, teaching your children, teaching them to know, to, to know the Word of God, teaching them to think. <clears throat> you got a steward. You have a purpose. All right? That's your purpose right now. Don't be saying, oh, God, what's my purpose? Is my, what is my purpose? Look around you. That is your purpose. Don't look to the next thing. Don't look over the hill. You'll get there. All right? Look around you right now. Whatever's around you right now, that is your purpose. Okay? So musicians tonight, y'all are playing up here. You have a talent. You're using it for God. All right? That's purpose. Ushers. Security. Everything that goes on back there in the electronic world. I mean, come on. Let me just say this. Jake, if you wouldn't have taken and you wouldn't have done and you wouldn't have told me what to do and we wouldn't have gone through this thing and started doing this and getting this camera and doing this and that and like that and the, and the water hole wouldn't be out there on the website, out there wherever. We don't even know what's going on. We don't know how many people are listening. We don't know all what's taking place. We don't know all, until we get to heaven and we're going to see what all. But if you wouldn't have taken that bit, that you, ability you had on the inside of you and used it for the purpose of God, well then 
what would have happened? I wouldn't have done it. I don't know how to work electronics. It's, it's amazing. I, I am so ignorant. And I think I'm pretty good for a person my age. But man, I'm, boy, tell you, the world's changing. Things are going on. Had to go do a deal today. Had, to go, went, had a blood test done, and they sent me this email saying this will help you get checked in. I looked at the email, and all it had on there was one of those, you know, one of those QR readers, you know, the little, what do you call that thing? QR code. That's what it was, a little square with all these squiggles on it. What the heck? What does that have anything to do? Like it's my name's a little bitty, Robert Richards, and then there's this big deal on the email. And I'm like, what? Well, then I show up the place, I find out why. There ain't nobody there. There's nobody at the front desk. There's no receptionist. There's nothing but a pad. And I walk up to it and I look, and it says, check in at the kiosk. And I'm like, what? And I push the button, and it says, would you like to check in using the QR code? Or what, is that right, QR? And I was like, huh, so this works with this. And so I push it, and I'm holding my phone like this, and it says, Hold it two feet from the camera. And I'm like, where's the camera? And I'm just holding it like this. It goes, hello, Mr. Richards. Also, above the screen comes to here. Hello, Mr. Richards. You're two minutes from your appointment. I'm like, am I going to get to see a human or is a robot going to come out of here in a minute? I mean, you know, it's freaking me out. This is, I've never done that before. All right. So I'm not very good with technology. What if he would have fulfilled his purpose? If Jake wouldn't be doing his purpose, the water hole wouldn't be out there in the world. You see, you got to look around you. Your purpose is what is right around you. It's not what's going to come. It's not something God's going to drop on you someday from the anointing from the sky above, and it's going to hit you, and then you got to, and then you're going to have something. No, it's what's around you at this moment. How are you stewarding and managing what's around you? Okay? You were created for the purpose. You're in it. What's around you is there. You said, oh, God, I can't believe I got that. You got it. You got to deal with it. Okay? So let me show you the hindrances to your purpose. Let's read on down. 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of the cross. And you who once were alienated alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. The reason why, one reason why there could be a hindrance to you fulfilling the purpose of your life is because simply you're still dealing with the enemy in your mind. You're still dealing with the enemy in your mind. You're still letting the devil talk you out of it. You're still letting the devil think you have any purpose in life. You're still letting the devil come into your mind, talk to you, and talk you out of what God has done for you. Like I preached already, you're still listening across the chasm at the voice of the enemy coming across to you, getting you to stand out of grace and walk over there and listen to him. It's still in the enemy is in your mind. Trying to get you discouraged. Feeling unworthy, forgetting that what verse 12 
says that you've been delivered. Verse 13 says you've been delivered. And verse 14 says you've been forgiven. You forgot the two steps that were already there that he qualified you, or three steps. He qualified you, you know. He delivered you. He forgave you. And he let the enemy talk you out of it. You feel this urge when you're, because you see, whatever your purpose is, is your purpose right around you. So the people you know are the people you're supposed to minister to. So somebody around you is sick and you're going to pray for them, but then you think, oh, God, I don't know if I want to pray for them. What if I pray for them, they don't get healed? Or what if, what if I pray for them, then nothing really happens? And what if I, well, what if you don't? You'll never know. You might as well go for the gusto. If they didn't like you, before, well, then you got nothing. If they did like you before, they must not have liked you too much because then if they're going to not like you, well, then they weren't much of a friend or relationship anyway. You think about it, okay? And then you may have a friend that's, you know, a real whatever, atheist or agnostic or real, you know, whatever, but you just think about this. Do you, at least you cared for them. And how can you be, ever be slighted for that? That you care for somebody? You were concerned with somebody that was hurting and, you know? And the second thing, I want to read it again, verse 21. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh to present you. Okay, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Just look at this. You were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now, yet now... Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Yeah, it sounds too good to be true, but it is. Nobody but Jesus could do something like that. To present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Now, this actually, I'm quoting King James out of my head, but it says, above reproach. Above reproach? That means he can't find anything wrong. So you're standing in heaven. Everything that's coming from heaven to you in this amazing grace you're standing in, because you got saved, you're standing in heaven, and God looks at you as because he sees the blood of Jesus over you, he sees you above reproach. Holy and unblameable, okay? Above reproach. Yet he's wondering why you're not in agreement. Because the enemy in your mind has got you saying, how could God see me that way? Maybe I'll answer my prayer. Maybe he won't. Why do we need freedom prayer? Why is freedom prayer so important? Because we've got to get the enemies out of our mind. We've got to get the doubt and unbelief and the hurts and the pains and the things that Cause us those issues that let the enemy in our minds work because it keeps us from walking in the amazing position we have. Holy and without reproach? Come on, folks. Holy and without reproach? In heaven? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I mean, if we just, uh, and we were just in heaven and we're standing in the streets of gold and there was Moses. I said, oh my gosh, there's Moses. I mean, that too is amazing. And he's looking at you saying, oh, there's Dale. Oh, my gosh, there's Dale. He accepted, please, there's Dale. I see Dale. Oh, there's Nick. Moses is saying, there's Nick. 
Prophet Isaiah saying, there's there's Dr. Brown. There's Dr. Brown over there. And you're thinking, what are they looking at me for? Oh, my gosh. He's judging me. He sees something (laughs) at fault with me. And Moses is saying, they're looking over here at us. What are they thinking? Because they're seeing you like Jesus sees you. Holy and blameless and above reproach. Because you see, we don't do that. We don't think that away. That's what's wrong with this. What's wrong with this is our thinking's got us down here in this world, and we just think we're, you know, this lowly worm down here, this guy just not barely got, not barely making it. When all of heaven is looking at you as holy and unblameable and above reproach because of the blood of Jesus. And we're over here saying, God, I just thank you that you just let me in the kingdom and just whatever it is, didn't smoke me and fry me today. And heaven's looking at you saying, oh man, way to go. They believed in Jesus. There's a a blood-covered believer over there, holy and unblameable and above reproach. So it's going to hinder you. And then it says, 23, if, everybody say if, if, indeed you continue, in the faith, grounded, steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. The only other thing that can take you out, the enemy in your mind, and if you don't continue. It's the only way you can fail. That's the only way you cannot fulfill your purpose in life, is if you listen to the enemy and don't continue in the faith. Then you're not going to fulfill your purpose in life. You're going to go through life wondering, oh, God, why didn't you do this for me? Or why didn't you do that for me? Or, oh, this and that and the other. And you're going to go through and you're going to live all this life of excuses and, and all this life of worry and trauma. And, hey. It's really foolproof, God's plan. I mean, I've often thought about what it would look like, the discussion between God and Jesus in heaven before he came and was born on earth. I know it didn't happen like this, okay? But I'm just saying, and my little brain, I try to figure this out. And I'm like, God says, hey, I got it. Like, like maybe they were tossing ideas back and forth, right? And God says this, and Jesus says, no, that won't work. Because he says, oh, yeah, you're right, that won't work. And so, yeah, what about this? You know, they're having this big master planning session, and all of a sudden God says, I got it. You'll go to earth. And you'll be the sacrificial lamb. You'll die, pour your blood out, and then everybody that believes in you, they're in. She said, that'll work. That'll work. Okay, let's do it. Tells all I have, this is a great idea. Jesus is going to go down. Oh, he's going to die. going to be the lamb. He's going to pour his blood out of the throat. Everybody's in who believes in Jesus. Well, what? Are they, are they going to have different ranks? No. Holy, unblameable, and our blood reproach. They're going to get everything in one lump sum. Boom, saved and everything. Well, what could hinder this? Well, I guess if the, the big dummies listened to the devil, they would, but they wouldn't do that. Why would they want to do that? Why wouldn't they just take holy and unblameable and above reproach? Y'all with me? You see, me knowing that I'm Holy and unblameable and above reproach does not make me proud. It humbles me. When I worship and I read my Bible and I'm praying, I'm talking to God, it humbles me that that's my position. But you know what? I am not going to do Jesus disservice by not taking my position. I'm not going to say that his blood wasn't enough to deliver me. 
His blood wasn't enough to save me. His blood wasn't enough to heal me. His blood wasn't enough to get the crazy out of my head. His blood wasn't enough. Listen to me. On the day when I was discouraged and didn't pray was not enough to get me through that day still in victory. Have y'all ever thought about that? You know, you're not going to talk to any human on the face of the earth that believes more in praying the word, quoting the word, memorizing the word, believing the word than to me. Y'all know that. But you know, it's not, it's not like a contest where if I pray so much that day that I know I'm going to get my, what I'm going to get, I'm going to get everything because I deserve everything because of what Jesus did for me, not because of what I did. i never forget one. This is a long, long time ago. Ivan said to me, we were down in the mission trip somewhere, I don't remember, I think it was very early days before we ever even started the, church, the orphanage in Guatemala, but we were in Guatemala. And he said to me, he said, a good preacher, a good preacher can preach on anything. I said, well, well yeah, you know, anything in the Word. He said, no, 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 anything. I said, what are you talking about? And he picked up a fork. We were eating, picked up a fork, and he says, Robert, give me a message on a fork. And so I thought for just a second, and then I came up with something. I don't remember what it was. It's just a little something. I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, whatever. I don't remember. Something. Had some witty little something about a fork and the Word of God and getting into your heart and eating the Word of God and whatever. He said, that's what I'm talking about. You've got to have a message for anything, no matter what it is. Worm crawls across the floor. You've got to be able to preach off that. But the point is about that, that what he was saying to me was, you got to, there's no, there's no, in the mission field, there's no preparation. There's no, okay, well, we, we can't have the service yet. I've got to go to the room and pray. You either got it or you don't. You're either going to step up and have the anointing because you have that relationship with Jesus or you're not. Well, what do we, what, let me say the same thing to y'all, flip it around. You're not going to walk in your purpose in life if you don't believe that you're holy and unblameable and unreprovable in the sight. If you don't believe that instantly you can just turn to heaven and say, hey, I got a problem here, Father. If you got to say, okay, well, problem, you're going to have to wait a minute. I've got to go to the house and pray before I can ask you because I got to get prayed up because I don't really feel worthy to be in your presence. You see, the enemy is dealing with your head. You look at it and say, you want a piece of me? Because all of heaven's behind me. Because I'm holy and unblameable and above reproach in this sight. I have been qualified to live out the destiny and the purpose of my life. And no matter what comes, I'm going to deal with it. And bless God, we're going to see victory out of it. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, I do have a purpose. And it's all around me. Okay? So you may want to go home tonight and do a little inventory of what you have a purpose and you need to start listening to where the enemy has been dealing with your brain and call Pastor Lex for freedom prayer. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Well, praise God. Good stuff. Well, Bill, help me tonight. Anybody needs an offering envelope? Get one. How's everybody been doing in Romans 8 this week on the plan? Man, if you can't get something out of Romans chapter 8, I mean, you really need to go to freedom prayer. That is the richest, that is a 
vein of gold in Romans 8. I had a person come to me the other day. had no idea they even listened to anything. said, oh, I just love the videos. What videos? The videos. I watch them on Facebook all the time. I'm like, now it's making me nervous. Because I was just going out in the backyard, just sitting down doing a little video, just say whatever, yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, people are really listening. Make sure my hair is combed and everything. Keep my hat on. All right, put your hand on your offer. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that we are the most prosperous people on the face of the earth. You have blessed us and blessed us and blessed us. We thank you, Lord God, that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And that means, Lord, everything in heaven and everything on earth. And so, Lord, I just declare it tonight over every person that they are blessed in their finances, they're blessed in their, their, their inheritances, they're blessed in their, their everything that they have their hands to, Lord God. They are blessed. And I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Oh, um, we are uh, Sunday doing a baptism. So if you know anybody, I've already had a few people call me about uh, baptizing. If anybody wants to be have a baptism, we have it at 2 o'clock at, at Bill and Lanelle Kellner's house. And so that'll give you time to eat some lunch and then go get dunked. Praise God. Well, stand up. Grab that person's hand beside you. Father, I just declare this congregation's blessed. I declare as we go out into the world that we have a purpose, and we're going to know it, and we're not going to be talked out of it, that we're going to walk out of here, and we're going to know that we are holy and unblameable and unreproved in your sight because of the blood of Jesus, and we're going to accomplish everything that you have for us, Lord. Tonight, Lord, we take hold of that, that, that destiny, that purpose that you have on us. We grab hold of it and declare, Lord, with you, huh, and nothing is impossible for us, and we praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.